welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the Extraordinary Moms podcast today. Boy, do I have an amazing episode for you today. I'm speaking with one of my all-time favorite vocalists. I grew up singing her songs in church. She has always been an inspiration to me. She's a singer-songwriter, and now she has a new book about motherhood, and that's what we're talking about today. This is Nicole Nordeman that I'm talking about. She's a revered Christian singer, and her video, Slow Down, that featured this beautiful song about wanting her children's childhood to slow down because they're growing up too fast, that unexpectedly went viral, and now that so many millions of people have seen it, she has really seen the power of this message of wanting to embrace the present moment and the season that you're in. She just released a new book with the same title, Slow Down, featuring motherhood essays from lots of different writers, all talking about the preciousness of motherhood. So we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk a little bit about her divorce and how challenging that was, especially being in the public eye and being a Christian and having skeptics and critics and being able to live out your best life and your truth even when people are critical of your decisions. So she's going to share what she learned from that incredibly difficult experience, but also refining experience. She also has some books to give away. We'll talk about that giveaway at the end of the episode. So let's get to it with Nicole Nordman. All right. I want to welcome one of my favorite singers of all time. I grew up with your voice, Nicole Nordman. Hi, Nicole. Good morning. How are you? I am so wonderful. I am thrilled to be chatting with you. And can I just tell you your song, Why, from years and years. I mean, how long ago did you put out the song, oh, Why? wow. That is 20? really, that's going back there. That's got right. to be, I think, 2000 maybe? Sure, yes. Yeah, around and there. If you have not heard the song, Why, you need to look it up immediately. I'll link it in the show notes. It's about a little girl looking on to the crucifixion of Christ and then Christ asking questions that this this little girl had to her father to his father and just that parallel Nicole oh such power did you write that I did write that you know wow. that song um, has a special place in my heart and in my memory because that was the the song that I entered um into a songwriting contest with like back in the late 90s and it really is kind of um, the song that launched my career. It's I, I won this contest through the GMA, and then from that, eventually got a, a record deal. So I always look back and think, oh, my gosh, that song was so personal. Uh, I wrote it for an Easter service at my church at the time. and But it kind of just was the stepping stone into this bigger calling on my life. So oh. I'm really thankful for that. I love that. Amazing. Well, for people that may not be as familiar with you, Nicole, will you just give a little background on yourself so people can be up to speed with what we're talking about? (laughs) Oh, totally. Well, um, I have been in Christian music since 98, which was when my first album came out. Um, I've always just been really green. I grew up in music, grew up playing the piano and in all the choirs and all the programs and all that stuff and just have you know, kind of taken a winding journey with my music and career over the last several decades. I took I took about 10 years off to stay at home and raise my babies 
um, and now I'm just kind of dipping my toe back in the water and making some new music. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a single mom. I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma with my two kiddos. Um, and I'm just, you know, still, still creating. I still feel like God has given me some things to say, um, in music and, and now in a book. Amazing. I feel like with motherhood, there comes a time where you took 10 years off to raise your babies, like you said. And I think sometimes we feel like we're losing time or we feel frustrated in the season where we're not progressing, whether it's in our career or in our hobbies or personally or whatever that may look like. Did you ever feel like that? And how did you kind of strive to be present in those moments, realizing there's still a lot of years left to live and perform and sing and do whatever it is you want to do? Yeah. I think that is, I mean, I know it is such a sort of a buzz phrase these days, you know, about just being present, being present in the moment, but it really is true. I think that we are so hardwired to, um, to progress and to move through whatever current stage we're in to get to the next stage, get to the next, the next, the next, the next. And I know, I mean, for anyone who's, who's had a baby, like that is just absolutely true. You're waiting for them to reach that next milestone. And when will they, stop breastfeeding and when will they start walking and when will their first word and their first lost tooth and all of these things that we just are constantly waiting, waiting, waiting. And it just really prevents us from just being still and appreciating the moment. You know, like we just don't know until we're older and we look back that we, we wish we hadn't rushed through all of those um, experiences. So I think that's true, not just for motherhood, but just for life. You know, I've, I've gone through seasons where I've been incredibly productive and really, really busy. And then other seasons where I've just felt like total writer's block, just kind of the well felt dry to me. And I was just sort of in panic mode mm-hmm. instead of just, just accepting that this is, that's the season I'm in. It's just going to be a quiet season or sometimes it feels like an empty season. And all of that is, is part of the journey. Mm. Do you feel like, though, if somebody had told you to slow down and try to be more present in things, that you would have listened to that person? (laughs) And I feel like sometimes you just need to learn the hard way on your own to get to that place of realistic expectations and just realizing what that really means for you. You know, I think it it has a lot to do with people's personalities. Mm -hmm. You know, when I I had babies, um, I had a good friend. I had a group of girlfriends. We all had babies around the same time, so we just were – that was like our little tribe. And everywhere we went, we took our babies with us, and we just kind of did everything together. And it was just interesting, the different personalities in that group, because I definitely am not the one that's just, you know, going to slow down and be present and sort of relish the grace of every moment. I was I was constantly freaking out about being a new mom. Was it doing it right? And you know, why couldn't I get this right? Or why wouldn't my baby do this? But I had friends who really, they're like, just innately, their personalities were so chill. Hmm. And they just, you know, the baby's going to nap when he naps, and he's going to eat when he wants to eat. And my kitchen is a disaster. And I'm still inviting people over like just this very (laughs) wonderful Zen approach to parenting. And I just, that's just not me. So (laughs) Yeah, if someone had told me, you know what, Nicole, just slow down and just be present, I would have been like, right. So I think you do have to just learn it yourself. And it's okay for it to take a little time for that to sink in because that's part of the refining process of who you are as a person today is going through that and learning those lessons for yourself. And so you keep using the phrase slow down, and that is probably one of the biggest buzzwords that you're known for now. Tell me about your song and now your book, Slow Down. The song was 
um, a bit of an accident. I, um, I was going to sing at my son's fifth grade graduation a couple years ago, and I was just at home. He goes to a small Christian school, and so I was kind of the night before trying to figure out what in the world to sing to a group of middle schoolers without embarrassing him terribly. <laughs> um, and so I was just practicing some stuff, and I, I just I made the mistake of, of getting out old photo albums and of when he was a baby and like going through old stuff like that because it just hit me kind of hard like, oh, my gosh we're done with elementary school. Like I'm launching a middle schooler and what, how did, how did that happen? Mm. So I just started reminiscing. And of course, within a few minutes was a complete mess. Um, and this little slow down song just sort of spilled out of me that night. And I shared it the next day at the graduation. Um, and I really kind of thought that would just be it. That's just a song that I wrote for Charlie and his friends. It was kind of a private little, thing um but some other people who'd heard it said you've got to do something with that song so I did I ended up recording it for um, an album and then made this little low budget video where we just filmed our friends and their babies and um kind of went around town and and got video footage of them or they sent it in and I just didn't have any any idea or expectation that it would resonate the way that it did yeah so after that video success came the idea for the book Amazing. Yeah, that little private video has now been seen by how many million people? Right, right. <laughs> Amazing. Just, you know, they're kind of stuff that you just can never even hope for or even aim for, you know, like you just, that's that's just such a, such a God thing and such a fluke and such, you know, like nothing you would ever plan to hope sure. to accomplish. Well, and I think the things that often have the biggest impact are the ones where you have the lowest expectations for making yeah. any impact at all. It's just truly from your heart. And this message of slowing down and appreciating the days and the moments and what's right in front of you, obviously that is a theme that resonates so, so much with people. Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, yeah. I think it's just a universal, a universal experience for parents to wish we could go back in time. Of course we can't. And so the best we could, the second best thing we can do is just try to slow our own selves down. Yeah. So what have you done now as a mom of older children that has allowed you to slow down? How does your motherhood and your life look differently now? I mean, you're back in your career now. You're singing, yeah. you're touring right now with Jen Hatmaker as we record this. You're doing things again. You're not in that 10-year window. But what yeah. have you changed? Well, I'm um, much more selective about what I do. Um, it used to be because I'm kind of a, not kind of, I'm absolutely a people pleaser by mm. nature. Um, I am always the first to say yes to any opportunity. I don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, I want everyone to be happy with my career choices. And so I used to just say yes, 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 yes. And then realize, oh my gosh, I have no, like, uh, this is severely affecting my family and my parenting. So now I'm just really selective. I'm intentional about when I work, who I work with. I want it to count and really matter. And then when I'm home, I have learned the power of that wonderful two-letter word, no. Like, I just, mm. I'm very comfortable with it now. I never was before. But I have no problem saying, nope, I'm so sorry. I'd love to. I just can't do that. You know, it's like just really, really protecting our family time. When I'm home, I am fully home. And when I'm on the road, I'm fully on the road. But very, uh, not very often am I trying to do both, you know, Absolutely. At the same time. 
And I think it's so, so critical to remember when you're saying no to something, you're saying yes to something else. So when you're saying no to a gig or an interview, you're saying yes to being there for somebody else, perhaps somebody else that really matters more or something else that really matters more. And when you say yes, in turn, you are saying no to other things. So kind of viewing it with a negative view that no's are bad and you're kind of lacking in progressing or whatever, that's not yeah. true because you're progressing in other ways by saying yes to the things that matter yeah. most. That's right. That's exactly right. It's just a healthy boundary mm-hmm. because you're right. You're saying yes to choosing other things. And I think that's good also to model for our kids. Like we mm. all – I was just talking um, to Jen Hatmaker about this on the road. Like we – we are such a kid centric culture. Like we just say yes to everything, every birthday party, every sleepover. Yes, yes, yes. Like God forbid our children feel a moment of disappointment. (laughs) Um, And I think that it's really healthy for them to see us as moms modeling healthy yes and no's, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, we'd love to, but it's just not going to work out. Or we don't have time for that. That's not in the budget. Like instead of just moving heaven and earth to accommodate, them you know they need to see us put our own nose in action to the rest of the world yes absolutely and I think we underestimate the value of showing our kids what healthy boundaries look like instead of just telling them things you know and lecturing them and preaching to them show them right show them what you mean and how it makes a difference with our girls I think Mm. you know this was certainly true for generations before us um I don't you know we're still really battling as women this idea, especially um, Christian women, this idea that um, the most exhausted woman is the most selfless. Mm. Like you know, if you think about that lady at your church growing up, like I can I can picture her in my mind. Like she was she was the one that volunteered at all the events. She was always the first one to come, the last one to leave. She gave 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 of herself. Everyone praised her. Oh my gosh, you're just you're so selfless and you're, you always just put yourself last. You put everyone else first. And I remember kind of learning that like, that's the example, Mm. the servant. And, um, man, that is, that is nothing I want to model for my daughter. Like you get to be, um, selfless and you get to be giving and you do get to be serving, but you absolutely get to have a life and have a healthy life. And that, that involves, creating those boundaries we were talking about. Yeah, and putting yourself back on the list. That woman has a list of everybody else in the world, but she's not on it. And she's not taking care of herself. That's right. Mm. right. And so we talked about people pleasing. I'm a people pleaser too, Nicole. And I'm – and I don't really like labels like I'm a people pleaser because it makes you stuck in this box. Like you you will always be one. But if there's something that's not serving you in your life, I think you should – attempt to get rid of it. <laughs> and so I have been really striving in my life to not think so much about other other people think, but more what I think of myself and ultimately what God would want for me in my life and what, it, what he expects of me. Yeah. And so can we talk a little bit about your divorce and about how that looked in terms of all eyes on you, you're yeah. a leader in the Christian song world, everyone's looking to you, and your marriage ended. Yeah. What was that time like for you, Nicole? It was pretty dark. You know, anyone who's walked that road, um, obviously circumstances vary widely, but it's such a, it's such a feeling of failure. Even if you didn't, even if there wasn't a moral failure, Mm -hmm. it's just nobody takes those vows, you know, wearing white at the front of a church and expects to end up the statistic. They just Mm -hmm. don't. So 
I think that um, the brokenness of my marriage failing was hard enough, but absolutely you add to that sort of the people-pleasing nature of my personality, and it was paralyzing. You know, I I had spent years getting um, getting mail and and posts on Facebook from women who said, you are such a role model for my daughter, or thank you so much for that particular song. It really helped heal my marriage. Like all of these beautiful compliments and affirmations, but in the end just like felt like so much pressure because I felt like I am letting people down. People I don't even know. I've never met these people. Somehow failing them as well. Um, And I just, you know, I think God just had to really do a work in me to just let that go. I just had to let it go. There was no way I was ever going to be able to answer to thousands of people that I had never even met who loved my music. Um, I was not going to have to, or should I have to answer for my own um, relationship to them? Mm-hmm. So it was painful and a lot of really great counseling, uh, a lot of tears, but just kind of having to just show up in my own life and be brave and just throw the curtain back and say, "Okay, here it is. This is this is what happened. This is um, what can come from the brokenness." And I still have new songs to sing, and if if that's okay with you and you still want to listen to music from me then great and if not that's okay too I love that this is what can come from brokenness this did not break you it it, it broke you but you rebuild and I love yeah. that analogy have you heard of um I think it's like a Japanese proverb about how there's cracks in the vases and they fill them with gold have you heard of this or seen this visual no. and so any of the cracks that are in these precious vases they fill with gold and they're like the most prized possessions in the culture. And wow. the idea is just that none of us are perfect. We all have our chinks and we come in to motherhood with these lacks and these little chinks in our armor. But over time with with true authenticity and prayer and, and help from the Savior, we're able yeah. to fill those in with gold. And those become our most precious war wounds. Would wow. you say that this is a precious war wound to you now and you're standing stronger today because of what you went through? Without a doubt. Mm. You know, um, a long, long time ago, I wrote a song for another artist. Um, and one of the lines in the song was heal the wound, but leave the scar. Yes. 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 I really feel like from those scars, I've been able to, um, speak into women's lives who have, who have traveled down that same road you know, and might maybe feel a little bit more seen and known or a little bit more validated. Um, and I do get a lot of people, it's not like I talk about divorce a lot in my shows. It's not like Mm -hmm. I want that to be a defining thing, but I do hear from a lot of women after concerts and stuff or who will write me and say, thank you so much. I, I sometimes feel like I'm the only one in my circle of friends who, um, went through that or is going through that. And, you know, just thank you for speaking into that particular wound. So I wouldn't have been able to do that without that particular scar. So I am in, in many ways grateful for the new roads that it's opened for me in ministry. That is incredible. And you would never ask for that version of a challenge in your life, but you know, whatever it is that we are dealt, I believe, and I know that you do as well, that, you know, whatever we're dealt is what we're able to handle and that will be for our good. 
And so believing that and just trusting that and then hearing from other people that have gone before you, look at Nicole up there. She's still singing. She's still smiling. She loves her kids. She's a great example. She also has this in her past, but this is where she is now. And I can do that too. I can step out with that courage as well. I think that's really liberating. Yeah. And I also do feel like from a creative place also, and just a spiritual place, you know, um, that, that pain and that road took me to just brand new depths with the Lord or that I had not been before. And so, you know, just being able to write songs from that place too, like, wow, I, I, I want to say thank you for that storm because I just would not have known, um, a lot about the character of God that I sort of felt like he revealed to me during those times. Mm. So what would you tell to someone listening who might be in a challenging situation and she's feeling the pressure of people looking in at her life or, or even just people knowing maybe nobody knows what's going on with within her. What would you tell her today if she's sitting kind of just feeling stuck and feeling judged? You know, I would, um, I would tell that, that, sister just to find at least one person and if not one person comes to mind then to really direct your prayer to bring a person into your life that is completely trustworthy completely free of judgment um but just one person that you can really uh confide in and and will sort of just walk with you you know that was one of the mistakes i made was just completely isolating myself i was so broken and also so depressed. Um, and you add that to just my sort of natural introverted nature. And I just didn't want to leave my house for like over a year. So I think it's really imperative that you don't, that you don't isolate, that you don't hibernate, that you find at least one person in your life or ask God to bring one person into your life that will just stand with you and, um, and just, uh, love you through that, walk you through that, let you cry, let you flail, but just be so trustworthy. I think that's really key to healing. Yeah, and I think that one person is realistic. You know, thinking, oh, I need all these people around me, people showing up all the time. No, it just really takes, it does. Just that one person can make all the difference. Absolutely true. I think, like, people that start to overcompensate by, like, I'm going to join this group or I'm going to, like, I'm going to, um, get really involved in my women's ministry. I'm going to get really involved in Bible study. Like sometimes ministry is the best place to hide from mm, ourselves because wow. we just busy, 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 fill, 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 socialize, socialize. Um, and that's not the same thing as like really walking through something difficult with another person, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and I think it's so critical to think, how can I be that for somebody else as well? As yes. well. Um, especially coming out of a hard season, I'm sure it made you well aware and appreciative of those people. Um, and I've, I don't know, this last year has been, there's just been so many times in my life where I've seen people really struggling, but seeing other people show up for them yeah. has really shown me these were people that were there for other people first. And so when they went through their thing, it was like people were at the ready because they had already poured into people. Um, And so looking for other ways to serve. And even if you're in the middle of your own thing, looking outside yourself can be a great balm for the day, can't it? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think um, you're so right. Like if you've ever, Jen and I on our our current tour right now are um, talking about that, like the importance of finding a tribe Um, and when she had gone through a really awful thing several years ago, I sent her a photograph of some elephants who are standing in a circle. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I had learned about these elephants that when there is a wounded or a vulnerable a female elephant, all the other females circle around her, but like with their trunks facing outward. So they literally, they encircle this vulnerable one so that you can't even see her. You can't get to her. And they're sending a message to predators. They're sending a message, um, you know, to anyone who would seek to harm this other mama elephant. And I thought, you know, that's like the picture of Mm. friendship that we need to be for each other. Sometimes you do take your turn in the middle and your sisters are surrounding you. Sometimes you're, you are the circle and you're surrounding someone else. So it's been a good, just a good hard couple of years of learning how to be a friend and find a friend in my life. That is so beautiful. I love that visual. I have to find that somewhere. That sounds, that's a great, great thing to remember. And so during these hard years and even beyond now, how have you been able to teach your kids about dealing with hard things? I think a lot of times we're going through our own hard things. It's hard to also be in teaching in mom mode. Right. Yeah. So what have you done intentionally to help them to identify how to, how to get through that as well? You know, um, I think that one of the things that I've really struggled to learn as a parent is not to be so solution oriented. Mm. I think sometimes, um, my kids would feel like if they came to me with something hard, I would immediately shift into how can we make it better? Even if that was like when they were really small and hurt themselves it was, you know, it's just, it's instinct to be a mom to like rush in with the bandaid literal or figurative and mm-hmm. just dry those tears and like, what can we do? Let's go get ice cream. And you know, the whole, those, that, those instincts. But as they've grown, I, I think what I've learned from my kids is sometimes they just really want to be seen and heard. You know, my daughter was, um, several years ago, I picked her up, up from school. I was getting ready to go on another trip. And she didn't really realize that. And so she thought I was going to be home. And I, you know, I said, I'm so sorry. I need to leave for the airport. And she started to, to cry in the parking lot at school. And I literally heard myself just kind of get that chirpy mom voice. Like, oh, it's going to be fine. I'm going to be home. It's a really quick trip. I'll, you won't even miss me. I'll be back right away. And then I said, let's go get ice cream. Let's go get some ice cream. It'll be fun. And I'm like swinging her hand like she's a doll. <laughs> And she just stopped. She just froze in her tracks and with tears pouring down her little face said, Mommy, can you just let me be sad? Can you just let me be sad? Wow. And it just, I've never forgotten it. And so I'm I'm trying to honor spaces and moments in their lives that are difficult by, by just allowing the feelings to be what they are. Like, let's sit with our sadness for a second. If you're angry and you have to slam that door in your bedroom, I'm going to let you slam it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to rush upstairs and try to unpack it right away. Like it's a, it, this is a safe place to be a human. Yeah. And you know, also I will help you, but I think it's just a good lesson to give, give them room to really feel their feelings. Right. Yeah. It's when people don't know how to handle those emotions that there's the problem, right? The emotion itself is not a problem. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is, that's a beautiful lesson. And so how did you make that decision to go back out on the road, to start writing again, to resume that career that you've loved for so many years, took 10 years off and you're back? What's that like for you? You know, it's been good. It it looks so much different than it used to and it'll, it'll never be what it was, you know, back when I was just saying yes to everything and getting on tour after tour and airplane after airplane and bus after bus. Like I just, I can't, I can't and won't ever do that again. Mm. Um, so I think that for me, I'm just, um, I'm just, again, trying to be really intentional by, uh, what I do and when I do it. And 
I'm trying to approach it seasonally. So like I'll say this is a this is gonna be kind of a travel season and then to remind my kids, hey guess what? This is a really at home season. So they can experience the balance there too, you know? Um sometimes I'll say hey, you know what, if I had a nine-to-five job, I probably wouldn't be able to go on this field trip, just to remind them, like, I know my job is challenging, but every mom's job is challenging in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yep, there's trade-offs, there's trade-offs, and sometimes you're all there, and sometimes you have to be gone, and right now you're on tour with Jen Hatmaker for the Moxie Tour. How has that been going for you? I know you're about halfway through or so, third through. We just finished our first week, so we just did four dates, um, our first four, and they were amazing. They were... um, sold out and just we're, we've just been overwhelmed at um at the way that it's been received we um it's a very intimate evening you know it's just me and a piano and Jen and a microphone like it is the anti-arena tour <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing fancy about it but it's just honest it's so honest and we laugh a lot and we cry plenty and um yeah it's been it's it's been very well received and I'm looking forward to the next handful of weeks Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for you. And so for people that aren't going to be able to attend, because most of them are out in the East, we have a lot of Western United States listeners, what's the main message that you and Jen are hoping to share and communicate to your audiences? Well, do check back um, on tour dates because we are looking at doing another leg this spring. We're just kind of putting it together. So my hope is that we will get further West. Good. I hope so. Um, We will be in... um, the Seattle area mm-hmm. this coming weekend. I'm not sure when you're airing this, but, um, yeah, I think, I think our main message, like Jen's book is called of mess and moxie. So it's just about like celebrating, um, ourselves as women, like just like we're just capable of so much. We're just so, there's so much tenacity, so much endurance, so much passion. And just, we don't, I don't think spend a lot of time like really digging deep into our potential that in that way, spiritually, um, and you know, my new record is called every mile mattered. So it's just about celebrating the miles that I, that we've traveled looking in the rearview mirror at where God has brought me and as opposed to like, what's next, what's to, what's ahead. Mm-hmm. So it's just a combination. I don't think there's like a, it's not a real themed evening. So it's not like we're gathering to talk about a certain thing. It's more just lots of stories. Everyone's bringing stories and, and a lot of humor, of course. And, um, and some really vulnerable moments, too. So it's a, it's a little bit for everybody. How powerful. And for people that want to hear more from you and from Jen and from so many authors, your Slow Down book, A, the cover is gorgeous. It is just oh. so pleasing to the eye, Nicole. Oh, I just leave it out on my bookshelf. I, I cannot take credit for that. I had a great design team, but I will, I will pass that on to You them. approved that's it, good. so that's good. Well, you can <laughs> take credit true. for approving it. Um, but it's just a collection of motherhood essays, and I'm sure yeah. you just you love how that's transpired. Yeah, it was so wonderful just to sit down and write about my own parenting experiences. But also, like you said, I got to – include a lot of good friends in the book um jen of course and shauna nequist patsy claremont amy grant like just women whose parenting i really admire and kind of letting them uh include their own little bits and nuggets of wisdom here and there yeah and my favorite parenting stories are the ones that are not mothers that have done everything perfectly it's the realistic view of mothers that i respect and are inspired by that are just doing their best like i am and that's what i see in these essays that's every mom. Yeah. Like I, just, I just have no time for blogs and Pinterest and Instagrams and anything that is designed to make me feel less than. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> 
you know, like I don't believe in 12 steps to such and such or three easy life hacks. Like that's just, that's fine. But like, that's just not where anybody really lives. I don't think, at least not my friends. So I just think that's the part of where I am in my life right now is just really looking for real people to, to journey in a real way with me. Yeah. And Extraordinary Moms podcast is all about that. Highlighting regular everyday moms that are doing their very best job, not perfectly, but they are still extraordinary as they are undertaking such a job as motherhood. I mean, it's a big deal. (laughs) It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And I I love that. I love that you're creating a community where people can just be themselves and celebrate what they're doing right. Yep, exactly. Oh, Nicole, this has been such a treat chatting with you this morning. We're going to give away some books and we're going to talk about that after um, the interview. But I always ask my guests one final question and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Mm. Well, I'm going to steal from a bit of advice from my friend Shauna, um, who kind of said this in the foreword of my book, but she said that her main advice to moms, and I would say this to my pre-mom self as well, is don't do it alone. Mm. Like, just don't do it alone. Like, ask for help when you need it. Don't have too much pride because you don't know the answers, you know, it's just stupid that we're expected to have these babies and know what we're doing immediately. <laughs> and we don't. Right. Um, just last week, I was having a conversation with another mom of an eighth grader. And I was kind of embarrassed to say, Hey, I'm kind of dealing with this stuff at home. Are you, you know, is that crazy? And she immediately was so relieved. She said, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I thought I was the only one dealing with that. Right. Like, don't do it alone. Just ask questions, ask for help admit where your weak spots are. Um, that is really how we, I think, embolden and encourage each other as moms is when we, we do it together. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Nicole, this has been such a treat talking with you. Like I said, 20 years ago, I sang your song (laughs) and today I'm talking with you. My voice teacher would be so happy. Hi, (laughs) Kara. Say hi to Kara. Hi, Kara. Good job. Yes. Amazing. Well, where can people find you online if they want to find out more about you? I am just uh, at Nicole Nordeman on all the socials um, and and a website, NicoleNordeman.com. Usually it's pretty accurate, up to date with travel info. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. And I'll link to everything, your CDs and the book, Slow Down and everything in the video that's just will make you cry on the website, ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Nicole, enjoy the rest of your tour. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been such a pleasure. It was so nice chatting with you. I really appreciate the time. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Did you enjoy that conversation with Nicole as much as I did? I sure hope so. That was such a treat to get to chat with her and to really hear her story. I felt like that was such a tender episode. Um, She was so vulnerable and open. And we've all been through things where we're dealing with the unexpected. For her, it was her divorce. And she's really faced with the decision of living authentically or keeping up the pretenses of what people expect of her. And I really admire her for stepping out in faith to do what she felt was best for her and her family and standing strong in that and being bold. Because when we do that for ourselves, we can really live out the best version of ourselves and not be kept under a rock. And when we do that, with confidence, we end up giving other people the permission to do the same when they may have not felt so confident in the beginning. Watching her do it has allowed others to make those choices that are best for them as well with confidence. So Nicole is so kind. She wants to give away three copies of her book, Slow Down, this collection of essays by all types of women, both women you've heard of and maybe some new 
names that you haven't heard of before, but all talking about motherhood, my favorite topic. So if you want to win a copy of Slow Down, she's giving away three copies. Head over to my Instagram for more information. You're just going to have to like that giveaway post, tag a friend, and tell me what you're thankful for. It's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. My Instagram handle is at jessicadalquist3. And if you head over there, tell me what you're thankful for, tag a friend, and you'll be entered to win one of the three copies. This giveaway, because it is a holiday, I'm going to give you a little more time to, to enter. This is going to close on Monday, November 27th at noon Pacific time. I'll pick three winners for the book, and I hope that you win. So head over to my Instagram at jessicadalquist3. Or on Facebook, you can find us at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. You can find show notes, pictures of Nicole, and links to how to buy her book, her CDs, link to that song why and the viral video slow down at extraordinarymomspodcast.com happy happy thanksgiving enjoy this time with your family i am so very blessed in my own life and one of the things that i number among my greatest blessings is this podcast what it has given me in terms of filling up my soul with these meaningful conversations not only that, talking to these women, but also just accomplishing this, setting out and doing something, achieving this goal, expanding the reach of the show, and hearing from you how the show is impacting you and your motherhood. Thank you. If you've sent me an email recently, left a review, all of those types of things, just let me know that you're listening. I mean, I see numbers pop up, but seeing your names and hearing from you about how these shows are impacting you and that it really makes a difference it means a lot. Golly, holy moly, get it under control, Jessica. <laughs> but really and truly, thank you. Thank you for listening. You are the best. So enjoy your holiday week. I will have another episode coming out on Friday. I don't know what it's going to be about yet. We'll just, you'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. Usually it's it's the last Friday of the month. Usually it's an extraordinary mom of the month award winner episode, but because of the holiday, that's just not just not gonna just not gonna not gonna work. Something good for you on Friday. So thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.